Welcome in to episode number 11 of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. Absolutely stoked about this episode. It's going to be a big one. But first, I want to tell you that you only have two weeks left to donate, sign up, and vote for this year's Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. Real simple. Go to CanadianComedyHall.com. You can vote on the performers category by clicking the Donate Now button and becoming a lifetime member. There's all kinds of amazing uh, performers nominated this year. I encourage you to look at our website, read their bios, research, make an informed decision on who you're voting for this year. As I mentioned, huge week for Canadian comedy. The kids in the hall are back and they're back with a brand new season season six of their TV show. They're not calling it a reboot. They're not calling it a reunion. This is season six. They just took a little time off. And also a documentary, two parts coming out on Amazon Prime Video Friday, May 13th. It is very, very good. It is emotional. It is funny. It is amazing. I'll give you my full review in just a bit. Oh yeah, and Scott Thompson and Bruce McCullough from the Kids in the Hall will be on the show to talk about it. But first, For those of you that know me, uh, you know my daughter was born early when she was born uh, seven years ago. She spent three months in the hospital, and that's a grind for families, for other children of families. Uh, She's fine now, by the way. She's a healthy, happy seven-year-old. Spending that time in the hospital uh, is not easy, and today I spoke to two people that make that time a little easier for families. They are Christy Gunter and Rockland Picard, and they run Funnies for Families. What is Funnies for Families? Funnies for Families is an organization that gives families a break mentally, emotionally, and physically when children are in the hospital. How do they do that? Through the power of improv. They run improv shows, places like Ronald McDonald's House, or Sick Kids. They've been in the GTA since 2014. They do amazing work with their amazing volunteers, getting kids involved in improv, taking their minds off of what they're going through in the hospital and making people laugh in sometimes their their darkest moments. What they do is absolutely amazing. Uh, I wish this was around when my daughter was in the hospital uh, seven years ago, but what they do is incredible. I encourage you to go to their website, funniesforfamilies.com. But first, listen to this, my interview with Christy and Rockland. How did you get involved in comedy? What were your Canadian comedy influences growing up? Uh, my Canadian comedy influences. Well, my biggest one of all uh, is Norm Macdonald. Norm Macdonald's my favorite stand-up. I used to, um, me and my buddy used to skip school to watch stand-up uh, during the day on comedy uh, on the Comedy Channel on Comedy Central. And uh, Norm was our favorite. We were obsessed with Norm. I used to listen to his album Ridiculousness uh, yeah. on on my drive back and forth uh, when I was in college. Like every day, it was it was there was a 20 minute uh, track called Tex Hooper. And it was the exact distance from my house to uh, the parking lot at school I went to. So it was the, I would just play that like every day. So that was big. I didn't think I'd be getting into comedy. I, I moved to Toronto um, for, for work and uh, I lived very close to a comedy club called Comedy Bar. And uh, I just stumbled upon it and uh, went in one night, saw some stand-up, saw some improv, got, it, got involved and uh and and met christy through that as well so that that's that's my uh, origin into comedy so, so is improv stand up or or is it more stand up like your kind of i uh, i i 
started doing stand-up, um, we took all the classes and stuff for improv and, and went through a lot of improv. Second City, and there was a theater here called Impatient Theater that when I first moved here that I did a lot of improv in. And uh, and for funnies, for families, improv is 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 so key. And, and a lot of the, I mean, Christy will touch on this much better than I, but a lot of the things that you learn in improv are the perfect things for uh for bringing comedy to to places like hospitals and and care centers mm -hmm. and and having that on the fly uh you know making it up as you go and and reacting to how an audience or an audience member performing with you um is uh their energy and and what they're capable of doing and what they're feeling so much more important than the improv side of it than the stand-up side of it sure Chrissy, where, what's your kind of origin story? Where where did you, you, you're from the West Coast originally, right? Yeah, I'm from the West Coast. Um, and uh, I did improv in high school and uh, like the Canadian improv games, the like very nerdy version of improv. And then I signed up for nursing school and it was such a long wait list. And I was watching The Great Outdoors, that movie with my dad one night. And I was like, I'll just do that for a while. Like, I'll just go where they went and try that out. So then I moved to Toronto for Second City mm -hmm. and took classes there and um, worked there for a while and uh, kind of behind the scenes. And um, so I was really involved in improv kind of from childhood all the way up till here. And then I just never went back for nursing school, but still wanted to um, involve myself in that world of healthcare and um, vulnerable individuals. So after finishing almost every program at Second City stand-up, writing, improv, sketch, conservatory, um, then uh, we decided to make Funnies for Families. And we started just by going to Ronald McDonald House and asking, can we do a show here or is that weird? And uh, they were excited about it from the start. So, so is that how you guys just decided, like, this is something we, we want to do? Um, so you just went knocking, knocking on their door? Yes. Well, Eric Toth is a friend of ours and he did a sick kids show, mm -hmm. um, once a month. And we thought, oh, that might be fun to do something like that. Maybe collaborate in that way. Um, and Ronald McDonald house, we have a personal connection to. So we, um, went to the one here and met with them and yeah, it was kind of really out of the blue, I guess it was knocking on doors. We made a proposal and, and then it was easy-ish after that to kind of start going into um, other places like women's shelters or um, youth homeless shelters and because we're like hey we do this thing and it works and it's really something that people appreciate and we appreciate doing it and we'd love to perform here and so it really opened up those doors and um, now we do now we do the show at sick kids and we do the shows at um, shelters and care centers and places like Ronald McDonald House. There's kind of a natural transition there to the other. My my um, my daughter was uh, was in the NICU for three months when she was born. So wow. I really see the, you know, the value of, of what you guys are doing, not only for the people who are in the hospital, but for the families there, right? Well, I mean, that's the big thing that we've found. And I think that is in, important for people to know is uh, a lot of most of the cases that we're going to, it's it's actually performing for, for parents, for siblings. A lot of times it's for siblings and giving parents a break too. And a, 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 
a physical break and a, a mental break. And uh, at places like Ronald McDonald House, where you're you're staying for days, weeks, maybe even months at a time, and while your sibling or your child's getting care, and um, we didn't realize how successful it was going to be. And Ronald McDonald House definitely didn't as well. Both of us approached it saying hey let's try this and see if it works and then it was like hey that got a great response and siblings are really excited to to have you back and talking about it and so exactly what you're saying it's a, it's a break for everyone absolutely what uh how, how did covid affect you guys were you guys still able to do stuff over zoom we tried for a while in the beginning um so a difficulty we had is that the places we performed for are incredibly vulnerable so we right. couldn't obviously go in even masking and especially not before vaccines were out or you know it was pretty strict and volunteers which is a cat the category we're under was kind of the first thing eliminated at all those places or um, put on hold so mm. we didn't do a lot for a while we tried the zoom thing and it it was a little complicated just because a lot of these places work off like community wi-fi and being able to connect to a show like this is um, difficult. And also improv over Zoom can be difficult, mm -hmm. especially for kids. Um, so um, we stopped for a while, but in the summer, we're looking to come back up and right. uh, get going again. And I've been in contact with our usual spots and they're looking forward to it too. So it's just gonna likely look a little different. Yeah, well, I, I hope, you know, things really open up for, for your sake and just for, you know, being in a, being in a hospital is hard, but now being in a, a hospital where it's locked down and only one family member can, can go in at a time that, that makes it uh, way, way more difficult. I couldn't imagine. I love this quote on your, on your website where it says improv is high energy, exciting in a once in a lifetime, every time basically meaning once you see the show, it's gone, right? You, you're never going to get the same show twice. Do you guys have any like stories you want to share about like those kind of like once in the lifetime moments that you guys have experienced? Yeah, I think, uh, I think we both do for sure. I'll start. I think the moments that have always impacted us the biggest are when parents get involved because they are so excited seeing their children get involved. So um, the great thing about improv is uh, that we can, you can have guests come up so we can involve uh, sick kids or, or siblings in the shows. And that is always, every time that's magical. So no matter what they're coming up to do in our, you know, in our game, in our comedy, uh, the room lights up, parents, you know, you can see the effect it has on them. And always our favorite, it's hard to say like, you know, you know the, the jokes from them. I think there was a ghost cow once that we, that got a big response and then you come back a week later and everyone at the place or that that, that was Ronald Donahoe's is talking about a ghost cow so it's like yeah, it's those things where you're like wow that really that was just exactly a once came from nowhere it's improv you know it's just but now it's being talked about throughout this place oh the ghost cow the ghost cow <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a kid made that I would have what about you Cage? Yeah I'd say like um that's one of my favorite things too about improv is that it really is once in a lifetime. And for kids, when we say that at the beginning of the show, like, Hey, we're funny families. We're going to do an improv show just for you. And you get to help us make it. 
And this is the only time it's going to happen. It's just for us in this room right now. They're all like, what? Whoa. Because <laughs> that's not something, I mean, with the way that TV is, you can watch the same thing over and over and over again every day. And lots of times kids like to yeah. do that. So this is something really special and different. And I think, like Rock said, having family members come up or yourself come up, you know, maybe there's been times where there's, um, you know, we go back weekly to these places. So there's been a kid who is getting treatment um, and sits at the back and doesn't feel like being involved in the show. Sometimes doesn't even participate in giving suggestions or even clapping or anything. And it's fine. You know, we it's not a usual audience. We don't encourage people to turn off their cell phones or we don't encourage people to even participate if they don't feel like it. People have different schedules, you know, medications that they need alarms set for, or they have to go, they have a doctor appointment that they need to leave for. So coming and going from a show, having cell phones going off, people saying, hey, you need to go do this loudly during our show to another person. That's all very normal and very fine. So lots of times there's a kid who will be at the back who won't be involved or is a little off, maybe not even feeling well. And then throughout the weeks, you can see them be like, oh, I'd really like to be a part of this. And sometimes it's even physically, they're coming closer to the front of the room towards this, where we have the stage area. And then they get involved. And it's like this magical moment, especially for us where, <laughs> not to be selfish about it, but where we've seen this kid for weeks sit at the back and not want it and, you know, not want to be a part of it in that way. And then that day they decide, no, this is it. And they have this moment that we get to witness where they've made their family laugh, made people they've been staying with laugh, even strangers laugh, comedians laugh. They're like, wow, this is incredible. And they come back and say like, you know, that they've talked to their family at home and told them about the show or they've been practicing um, like scraps or a different game at night when before mm. they go to bed and they'll try and show us songs that they've come up with. It's, it's really cool that it is once in a lifetime and for that audience, but kind of carries on throughout the time that they're staying there. It's a good distraction. Is it always? Other, in, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Rock. Yeah. No, I, it might be, this is a nice, it's a fast story about it, but one, one other moment that really sticks out to me while Christy was saying that is one time, um, this is one of the last shows we did before the pandemic. This uh, girl was, she was brought into the show and um, just was kind of sitting, uh, I think she was in a wheelchair just to, to the side and we're performing and, you know, it's improv. So you ask for suggestions and the show had been going well and uh, getting some laughs and stuff from, from the kids. And we asked for a suggestion and she made a suggestion. I think she said like birthday party and we're doing, we, we continue on like normal. But the, the nurses and the caretakers in the room were crying. And afterward, we were like, did we do something wrong? And they told us that she hadn't been responsive for days. She was, oh, wow. and, and they were like so touched that she was like engaging in this show suddenly that she wanted to, something clicked. It was like, it was incredibly powerful. And, and that, that's that thing of improv is in the moment, but also it, it pulls people into that moment. Um, it must be hard, sorry, hard for you guys to keep it together in that moment as, as you know, performers uh, when something emotional like that happens, right? I, I can't imagine. Absolutely. We definitely try and um, we've attended some training ourselves and we try and yeah. really prepare our volunteers 
that there are some things that will likely affect you um, mm. in a way that is like heavy and emotional. And we, we try have a, a debrief prepare. after every show. Yeah. Um, talking to our volunteers and say, how, how do you feel? How did that show go for you? How do you know? And, and kind of go through that. And that's a few of those kind of mental health um, um, practices that we go through with, with ourselves and our volunteers to, because it can be heavy for sure. Is it, is it always improv? That's kind of the, the main thing, or do you guys do like have sketches planned and, and stuff as well as, or, or is it all improv? It's always improv, but I will say there have been a couple kind of special shows um, where kids have come to us and been like, I've written jokes. Can I say them? Oh, awesome. So there's I been shows where kids have done stand up at the top of the show because they've watched us for a few weeks. They don't really know what improv is, but they know what stand up <laughs> is. So they're like, I've written some jokes or Googled some jokes sometimes. Yeah. And can I say <laughs> them at the top? <laughs> That's amazing. How often do you guys get the Patch Adams reference? Is that? Oh my gosh. <sighs> every <Often>. time? Yeah, <laughs> Patch almost Adams every time. And- also, the other one is laughter is the best medicine. Uh, that's, okay, yeah. uh, that's something we don't say because, of course, the best medicine is what's been prescribed by your doctor. And, and yeah. we're there to help <laughs> it go down a bit easier. But uh, in many interviews, um, um, people ask us, do you think laughter is the best medicine? And we're like, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> what the scientists and doctors are doing, that's, that's yeah. But it, you're right. It definitely helps. It definitely helps. Yeah. Um, if somebody wants to get involved, like what, what do you guys uh, are looking for, you know, volunteers or, or somebody uh, mainly based in the GTA, I, I presume right now? Yeah. We were, uh, we were uh, before COVID and, and hopefully now again, like Chris is saying, uh, starting in the summer, we were scaling quite quickly. We started out a once a month show and just, you know, with the, before the pandemic started, we were at over 10 a month and 100 wow. volunteers and uh, had scaled outside the GTA. We were doing shows in, in Hamilton and other parts of uh, um, Ottawa, other parts of Ontario. And we we're looking forward to, to moving across Canada and hopefully that, that momentum can be brought back up again. Um, so obviously volunteers, uh, performer volunteers and all those, uh, those, those places. And, um, another, and the other thing is donations for logistics to get performers mm-hmm. to places because uh, some of the places we go to have budgets for bringing things in, but we, we don't, uh, so far we've never accepted those. We, we, we are run on donation base and we're just doing this as a, as something to bring some, some, some joy there and they can keep those for, for other programs. <laughs> awesome. And where do people go if they want to donate or inquire about volunteering? You can find all of that on our website, uh, funniesforfamilies.com. Um, there's a form you can fill out if you're interested in volunteering. We do ask that you have some performance, especially improv experience. Um, and there's also a form you can fill out if you'd like to donate. Awesome. Thanks so much, Christine Rockland. I really appreciate it. And it's amazing work you're doing as a, as a dad who spent lots of time in the hospital. Uh, I, I appreciate it for, for all the parents out there. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Big thanks to Christy and Rockland for coming on the show. Again, amazing work what they do. Amazing people. If you want more information, it's funniesforfamilies.com. If you're in the GTA, you have improv experience and you want to volunteer, just go to Funnies for Families uh, and connect with Christy and Rockland there. Okay, next up 
it is Scott Thompson, Bruce McCullough from Kids in the Hall. The Kids in the Hall are back, baby, and they got uh, they got two exciting, exciting projects. Well, one of them is just season six of their new show, which is amazing. It, it's so good. I had the opportunity to watch it. It comes out May 13th on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, a little bit of new, a little bit of old, some revamp of some classic characters. The whole gang's there. Mark McKinney, Dave Foley, Scott Thompson, Bruce McCullough, Kevin McDonald. The, the whole the whole gang is there. And, but but also they have this amazing documentary that is coming out on Amazon Prime Video on the same day, May 13th. And th this thing is incredible. It follows the whole trajectory, the whole path of the kids in the hall. Uh, all five of them, how they met, you know, Second City, how that was involved, how Lauren Michaels became involved with the Kids in the Hall and ended up going on to produce their TV show and even produce the latest season uh, of Kids. It, it was emotional. They talked about Scott's uh, battle with cancer uh, and what and what it took to to put on these these performances and the different paths the, these five incredible performers took. Uh, I I loved it. it. It was one of the better documentaries I, I've seen in years, and, and the fact that it was about this Canadian I, iconic group w w made it even better. Uh, so Scott Scott and Bruce came on the show this week. Uh, they they were hilarious. Scott Thompson, of course, like only Scott Thompson can, conducted the interview full full bathrobe uh chilling in his bathrobe bruce uh was, was hilarious and funny and they both had great insights on canadian comedy on the show what it took to make the history of kids in the hall i had a blast i could have talked to these guys all day they were the nicest the nicest guys and, and, and it was a ton of fun so i hope you enjoy it here it is scott thompson bruce mccullough from the kids in the hall on the canadian comedy hall of fame podcast and is that hall of fame in the kitchen behind you Yes, it is. Yeah, it's okay. all here. All the, all the plaques yeah. of John Candy and yeah, I'm actually sitting on Bob an and Doug. Are you an exhibit at the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I'm actually sitting on uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie's couch right now. Nice. So, oh, yeah. are you in a window and people are walking by and waving at you? Exactly. I'm just a, yeah, I'm window dressing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks a lot for doing this. Um, actually, you both have had kind of an interaction with the Hall of Fame. Bruce, you filmed something for the Hall of Fame. I think at your house, Tim Progosh was was telling me before a, f a few years ago. And Scott, you when when I was saying you guys were going to be on, they were talking about you dancing at the Canadian Comedy Awards. I guess that was a big highlight. I remember that. Yes, yes, that was probably the last time I went crazy on the dance floor. And there's, I think there's 300 yeah. hours of Scott complaining about the Canadian system uh, in <laughs> dressing rooms. Uh, across yeah. Toronto, <laughs> part of so, at yeah. least just three hundred, at least three hundred hours. It's funny because I, I uh, I've been doing a lot of these. I don't know if you guys know Simon Rakoff and, and a lot of, of Canadians. I used um, to do I used to do stand up with Simon. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He was he was yeah. on my show last week and kind of kind of the same complaining about the Canadian system. But my, my question here, I'm getting to is Scott. You also did a, a, an amazing monologue about Canadian show business at at the Canadian Comedy Awards. <laughs> Has, ah, has anything yeah, changed? I has that. anything changed in, in Canadian comedy? No, nothing's comedy? changed. It's, it's all the same. All, it's gotten worse. <laughs> I don't, I, I disagree. And I say, that, you know, I'm not in, I'm in a, not in a bathrobe. I'm in a nice shirt. We find out. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like nice lots shirt. of stuff keeps getting made. And, you know, there's, you know, I do a show called Tall Boys on CBC. It's like there, there's them and 300 amazing kids out there making stuff and they're making livings lots of them and in writers rooms I mean there's never enough to go around you know you 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 audition something and you get a thousand tapes in but they're making stuff we're making stuff you know 
Yeah, no, my Cowboys, whole thing is it's just, I, it's just the stars. There's no star system still. That's the thing that still hasn't happened in Canadian culture. Yeah, and that that's that was Simon's point as well. Uh, talking to him last week, I came from the generation that discovered Kids in the Hall on the Comedy Central years, um, mm-hmm. and I had I, what I thought was a unique thought about this punk rock thing but i mean your documentary is called called comedy punk so it wasn't unique but when i was like 12 and 13 i thought it was unique so you know thinking of you guys as the clash or the sex pistols what is the most punk rock thing that the kids in the hall have ever done well i think for me it would be doing this interview in my bathrobe i think yeah. that's okay that's, that's pretty that's punk, rock. punk rock yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and kicked its ass pretty punk that's rock. true that's pretty punk yeah. um well we you know we we insisted on Cancer Boy being in the movie, even though everyone told us it would kill our movie. We said, yeah, well, well we're going to fucking do Cancer Boy. No, yeah, cause, and, you know, and punk, to that end, punk rock, the person who I was arguing with on the phone about Cancer Boy, I said, That's the best. it has to be in because my mom died of cancer. And of course, my mom is still alive. She didn't, she never had cancer, just seven heart attacks. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty that's punk. Pretty it's also pretty crazy. And... A little frightening that we did that. But yeah, I mean, also in the movie when Bruce answers the phone from Saturday Night Live and then tells them there's no more tickets, that's pretty punk. Yeah. yeah. And even like Cancer Boy, I look back on it and I go, I don't have any regrets over that. I go, yeah, we did the right thing. Yep. It's, a ph- it's a phenomenal character. It's a phenomenal scene. Um, you know what? In, I think time has proven that we were right. The answering the phone, like you mentioned, my when I when I watched that, uh, watching the documentary the other night, yeah, my my mouth was like, what? Like how? I yeah, I was I was in shock. There's a bunch of people nominated this year for for the Hall of Fame that you guys, I'm sure, have a connection with. Um, one of them, Bruce, specifically to you, is is Keith Johnstone from the Loose Moose right. Theater. How did you come to find the Loose Moose and make that journey to to Calgary? Well, he was, he's probably one of the unsung heroes in my and Mark's lives. I mean, I was at Mount Royal College, like really lost, trying to dress creatively, like, you know, with two, two ties and nurse's shoes. And then I walked into Loose Moose Theater and I saw all these people making this stuff up, which he had created that space for, you know, for Loose Moose. And it was like, these are my people. I felt like I was almost sexually coming out of the closet. Um, from then on, I jumped on to the conveyor belt that's taken me to this place. But he was a guy who would, he almost had kind of a Lauren quality. He'd always kind of wander in with his, with his Eskimo boots, as they were, we were allowed to call them then. And, uh, <laughs> and like put himself, lower his status and go, what, what worked tonight and what didn't work tonight. And he was just such a gentle guy who kept giving space, literally and figuratively, to everybody. And they would just like let me go on stage for 10 minutes I didn't know what the fuck I was doing and they always it was never about money it was never about commerce it was just about making stuff in the moment he believed it and he really helped us is that where you uh where you guys came to contact with with Norm Hiscock originally yeah he was part of the group that that came out of Calgary uh, also with Frank Van Keeken was part of our and uh group gary campbell who's a lifelong friend and is the showrunner on the kids in the hall series now uh was part of that group so we all migrated out um kevin and dave were here and we sort of hooked up with them not sexually and then (laughs) then scott scott sort of weaseled his way into the troop later on (laughs) not not sexually yeah well metaphorically yeah 
I was uh, I was actually talking to to Norm uh, last week. Probably that one of the nicest guys I've oh, ever uh, ever talked to. Uh, yeah, and he was involved a, a bit in the in the new season as well, right? He he was on in the beginning. Yeah, he was writing. Um, he's a nice guy, but you know, you get fentanyl in him, and boy, does he get going. Watch out! Oh, yeah, boy, watch out! Yeah. When you well, next time come go, arrive with um, naloxone, is that what it's called? <laughs> no napple. We don't know. Now we don't have any napple. Come having come having brought your naloxone. Dose. Oh, naloxone. The nose spray. Yeah, yeah naloxone. Yeah. What's it called? Yeah. Naloxone? Yeah. 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 I'll make naloxone. sure to have it to have it handy. Well, when um, you interview Norm Hiscock, I mean, where do you think that funny comes from? Obviously, yeah, it's from years of drug abuse. Yeah. It's drug abuse. It's being brought back to life over and over and over again after lying cold on the dead on the floor. It's yeah. how you, it's how you make comedy. Yeah. It's that death is funny thing, right? That theme that well, it was, is. was in your, it is. your documentary. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, I, um, I tried. I tried to give Scott cancer, as you know. Um, did. As uh, we did a scene about, I was the cause of cancer, but he kicked <laughs> it ass. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did. It just took twenty years for it to take. But yes, yes, I still blame <laughs> Bruce for it. But you know. <laughs> another another nominee. Uh, obviously, you guys have a great connection with this nominee, and that's Lauren Michaels. Kind of his his thing speaks for itself. His his career is what I'm trying to say. Um, when was the first time you guys met Norm? Was it at the Rivoli? No, it it's sort of told. It, it's not a lie, but it's sort of out. It, you can't follow the timeline in the documentary. Um, the first time I met him, because he had sent people. He had sent Al Franken, yeah. I think, up, yeah. and James Down, Jim Downey, who was okay. uh, head one of the head writers. Um, the first time I met yes. him is. When Mark and I auditioned for Saturday Night Live, we went up and yeah. he was just sitting behind a table um, and we did some weird, some weird stuff. Um, and then he started to come up and then he became friendly to us. Um, and then he sort of fell for the troop or whatever. And was that the first time you met him, Scott? Um, yeah, I never auditioned. I think the first time I met him was when they came up for that trip, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or was it, what was the name? It was Al... Franken and Tom, what was Tom's name? His partner? Did he come up too? Yeah, what's no. what? Tom Davis? No, he did not. It was Al Franken. No, no. Yeah. No, I think that was the first time I met Lauren. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's Senator Al Franken. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yes. I, a, a final nominee I just want to bring up here is Phil Hartman. I've been doing a lot of these interviews with people that have known Phil and I've heard some great Phil Hartman stories. Any Phil Hartman stories from either one of you that come to the top of your mind? I, I have one. Okay. Um, I was I was a writer at Saturday Night Live when Pee Wee Herman was there, um, and I had written a sketch um, for Joan Cusack to be in, and and I remember him coming up to me. And he had a, he had a huge magnifying glass like this, and he said um, he said Pee Wee wants to use this magnifying glass in your scene, and it was just like it was such a stupid idea, and we just he, he looked at me through this magnifying glass and we broke out laughing. It's like. <laughs> fuck how the fuck would he use a magnifying glass in the scene and uh, i think he ended up doing it but it was just it was just a moment like he had to bring this weird request to me and it was going to be fine yeah yeah it's such such a, a legend like gone way way too soon uh phil hartman i've never heard you guys refer to the new season as a reboot or a reunion it's always been season six is that there's some superstition in that? Is there is there no because re reboot implies you know it's like saying oh it's a reunion well we never broke up yeah we just we just didn't pick up our guitars like we just we you know and we've done tours and we do things and you know we've done stage readings of brain candy and we're we've always been together like 
you know, I guess Dave sort of quit at one point, but not really because we were back together. So yeah, we just, we've always been together. We just weren't doing it until again, till now. Yeah, we just use that word, because that phrase, because that's, that seems more natural to what's really happening because it's still the shadowy men. We still have people that we worked with before. We're just doing sketch comedy. We, we fill in the blanks with the Super 8. It, it is season six. It's just 25 yeah. years later. Was there, was there uh, a conscious decision to write in new stuff and re returning characters? Did you guys want like a certain percentage or mix of that? Or was it just as the writing process unfolded? You know, Scott spe specifically writes through his characters. Yeah. So there was going to be a buddy Cole. And, you know, the fun of it is to do a Fran and Gordon. So what are Fran and Gordon up to now? And then, you know, yes, you come up with new things. There's new characters, things we, you know, I did super drunk on tour. Wow, that seems like a good one. You know, a guy who's got superpowers when he's super drunk. And yeah. um, so it, we never talk about what we're going to do. I mean, we go like, oh, can it be live or should it be? on tape or whatever but we don't care let's write some of those kind of sketches we just write them and uh either everybody embraces them or or someone gets them in the show somehow <laughs> yeah and everybody writes different ways like some people write like bruce writes mostly from ideas and and hooks and i'm mostly characters but then we both do both like bruce will do a thing that which is basically it's completely character and i will occasionally have a, a brainstorm um <laughs> uh you know generally um but not much but mostly characters yeah no we didn't plan any of that that just happened naturally when you guys take time away and you come back together does it take a little bit of time to get the rhythm of the group back or is it just like inst instantaneously natural the kids are are back together well it's pretty instant like when you're with your family no matter how many problems you have with your family you don't have to when you meet them and even if you haven't seen your family members for a long time it's pretty instantaneous, isn't it? Yeah, it can take two minutes, but it, in two a way, we're always, we're always the same five guys who are in a van going from San Francisco hotel to the airport to do the next gig. And yeah. like, one's tired, one's loud, one's riffing, <laughs> one's eating. One's hungover. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's all, you're, you're frightened because you're like, oh, fuck, I have to go through this again. But then the moment it happens, then you also feel kind of like, it's like a feeling of, it's warmth. Like, oh, I know how this works. I know how to do this. I don't have to think about it. It's very, it's spontaneous. La last question here. When, when, they're, when you guys are taking this footage in the, the late 80s, is there any thought that like, yeah, this is going to be used someday for, for a documentary? Or is it just... You know, because a lot of that footage, I'm like, wow, how did they have footage of this? So somebody's taking it. Is there any thought that this footage might be used in the future? Or are you guys just, you know, friends shooting stuff just for fun? Well, it's Paul Bellini, most of it. Yeah. Because Paul Bellini got the world's, he was like, had the first, uh, you know, uh, video camera for, the, for, you know, regular use. And he just shot everything. Yeah. So definitely Paul Bellini was thinking for the future. Yeah. And Maybe he's... The rest. Or, he is the unsung hero of our documentary and in lots of ways he's one of the unsung heroes of, of our show he was scott's best friend we all loved him we all loved writing with bellini mark had the idea for the uh poke paul bellini contest i wrote bellini date like he is just he's like for me he's picasso like he's just one name he's bellini and he yeah he just had a vision as the great gay watcher behind the camera like Andy Warhol or something like just taking taking us 
you know, and then I, I think the documentary is as much um, kind of a celebration of what he went through as what we went through. Yeah, he is kind um, of a Warhol kind of a guy. He is, he's a puppet master. <laughs> and I'd say that is one of his puppets. <laughs> and the great towel man. Thanks so much, Scott and Bruce. I'm, I'm a big fan. The documentary was amazing. It blew me, it blew me away. And the new season is, is great as well. I, lo I love them both. So I really appreciate you taking the time for, for myself and for the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. Thank well, you. I, I appreciate that. And you're doing good work, so keep it up. Thanks so much. Thanks. Yeah. There it is. Scott Thompson, Bruce McCullough, just the, maybe the nicest guys in comedy. They were hilarious. They were funny. It was great. I was uh, I was absolutely on cloud nine after that interview. I had a blast talking to them. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So thanks. Thanks so much to them for everybody at Amazon uh, who set that up for me. That that was amazing. And don't forget the new season of Kids in the Hall comes out May 13th. Uh, which is Friday. This Friday, if you're listening to this when this is released, it is very, very good. Some classic characters, some of the some new characters, uh, some classic characters doing new things. It, it was amazing. And Comedy Punks, uh, Kids in the Hall Comedy Punks, their new two-part documentary comes out May 20th. I have seen it. It is amazing. It is an absolute must-watch for any comedy fan, for any documentary fan, and especially for any Kids in the Hall fan. The footage they have is incredible. Uh, the story is amazing. It's emotional and funny. I loved it. Kids in the Hall, Comedy Punks, May 20th on Amazon Prime Video. Thanks for a lot to listening to this episode. It, it was a ton of fun. Thanks to Christy and Rockland for Funnies for Families. Don't forget funniesforfamilies.com. Also, thanks again to Scott and Bruce from the Kids in the Hall. Look for their new season on Amazon Prime May 13th and their new documentary May 20th, also on Amazon Prime Video. For the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast, I'm Chad Noonan.